So we mentioned that today we celebrate St. Lawrence. And St. Lawrence was a deacon um, following Pope Sixtus. And it's interesting because one of the prefects of Rome told him, I want you to gather all the treasures of the church. And I'll be back in three days to collect them. And so he looked at St. Lawrence to let him spare his life if he did this for the Roman prefect. And so St. Lawrence said, I will. And he went around and gathered all the treasures of the church. And when the prefect came back, he walked him in and collected there for him rather than gold and silver was the lame, the crippled, the widows, the deformed. And he said, these are the treasures of the church. So the prefect out of his anger had him martyred, had him executed, and they burned him. And tradition says that his burning, he didn't seem to feel anything. And in fact, he even joked that uh, when he was being burned at the stake, um, I'm done on this side. You could turn me over now. And he became, therefore, the uh, patron saint of cooks. So only in the Catholic Church could you have something so great. So anyway, they said that people stated that they could smell baking bread. It was the odor. Because remember, they always say when you're judged, you know how God will judge you? It's kind of interesting. He'll judge you by what he smells. When you go before God, you don't have to say a word. Either he's going to smell a perfume, rose, beautiful aroma, or he's going to smell a stench, a stench, a rot. And that instantly is what the saints tell us, how God judges us. Just, it's kind of amazing. And with St. Lawrence, as he was burning, they smelled baked bread. Beautiful smell. You got to love the smell of baked bread. Well, anyway, you know, when I was in high school and I had my religion classes, they didn't call them theology classes because they were just kind of basic religious classes. I always wondered, well, what is it? I mean, we're always praying to God that we heal, we get healed and we don't die. But yet the highest people in the church are the people that God didn't spare them. They got sick. They suffered. They got martyred. So it's confusing to me, which, which one should we be striving for? God heal us and cure us and take this stuff away or Lord heap on the suffering and even a martyrdom. I was always perplexed by that. Well, I think we see the perfect example and it just depends on what God's will is for your life. You know, <clears throat> in a way, God accepted the death of St. Lawrence, right? He accepted it. Sometimes we pray, we should always pray for healing. I, I've given the example, the story of my mom and how grateful I am to every single Marian helper and all you lovely people on the live stream. I, it's just, I'm, I'm so humbled by the amount of prayers and, and I, I every day pray for you in return. That's what, that's what being a Marian helper is, being part of our Marian family. It's being part of the body of Christ. Well, anyway, sometimes God will bring healing. Now, I, I said, I know my mom can't live forever, and since my term is of provincial superior is only 10 months, I kind of think my mom will be given 
this grace for 10 months of healing. And then we'll probably go right back to the, to the crosses. And that's okay. The fact that God will give us this 10 months, which I truly believe he will in our heart, will enable me to focus on still being Father Joseph as the Association of Marian Helpers, now being Provincial Superior, it's a great gift. Sometimes God provides healing. I invite you tonight, please, if you can, to join us at 6.30 p.m. on EWTN. Our show, Living Divine Mercy, will have quite possibly the most incredible story you have ever heard. We have done and had some amazing stories. And if you can't see it tonight, just um, you can see it 24 hours later on our YouTube channel, which you're on right now, or Facebook. <coughs> and uh, our, our website is livingdivinemercy.org. But just real quickly, what this is, is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen of healing. Back in January, we did a story at a town that most people would think only exists in the twilight zone. It's a town called Westphalia, Michigan. And Westphalia, Michigan is 95% Catholic. 90% practicing. 90% of the town regularly goes to mass, to confession, to the sacraments. This town was so incredible. We did a whole story on it back in January. The people of faith and how many blessings of the faith that this town had called Westphalia, Michigan. Their high school football team is a powerhouse. I said in the show that they only lost one game in five years, regular season, and that was to my high school, Monroe Catholic Central. So I, I had to put that in there. I really heard from them with many letters laughing at me. But, but their high school, the football team, this is a public school now, public school would nail, kneel down, pray before and after every game. They were not told by uh, some of these people and the ACLU and all the others that they couldn't pray because it was the choice of the kids. They were not forced or told they had to. That's the choice of the children. And when it's the choice of the children, you can't do a thing about it. Praise be God. Well, this high school is called Pawamo Westphalia. They combine a high school for two towns right next to each other. Westphalia, we already did the story. And the next town over is Pawamo. While we were shooting the story on Westphalia, everybody told us about this story called The Miracle Children of Pawamo. This is what tonight's show will be on. Our show is called Living Divine Mercy. In the living story of Pawamo, you will see an incredible almost unbelievable story for children from the same class got four incurable diseases. Now, most people will think, okay, there must have been something in the water. There was a landfill or toxic dump or something. No, none of these were from environmental conditions. These were all born birth defects and genetics. Now, these four kids, two were told were fatal. All four were fatal. 
Two of them, they were incurable, and the other two, they said there were only, there were no examples of it in the United States. It was that rare. All four were healed. All four. I am convinced that those four were healed because that town of Westphalia in Powamo, 95% Catholic, 90% pr uh, practicing, has faith. Faith will heal us. These kids, God didn't accept their death. He healed them. It's like my mom for now. But does that mean that God abandons us when he doesn't bring a healing? Well, absolutely not. Yesterday was quite an emotional day for me. In the midst of our uh, general economy being in for Rome, meetings all day, um, meetings with canon lawyers, with building people, it's, it's been busy. And in the midst of all this busyness, I'm told there's a woman who drove all the way here from Charlotte, North Carolina, by the name of Lisa, uh, excuse me, Marie, Maria. And she said, Father, I have to talk to you. As busy and crazy as things are, you always make time. And she told me that her daughter, Olivia, God bless her, She's asking for prayers. She took her life. She told me, showed me a picture. She is the most beautiful girl. All you can do is just hug her, and I'm sure I violated every rule of the church by giving her a hug. But if we can't do that, we've lost our humanity. Crying profusely, she somehow found strength and courage in the grace of God. And we, she told me her story. I said, your story is incredible. Would God be so angry or vindictive, she said, that my daughter would be lost? No. And she read the book that Brother Jason and I wrote on suicide, and it's about hope. It's about hope. And she told me something that a priest had told her that I found interesting. She said, what helped her was a priest in confession told her that God, most suicides don't result in death. For every one suicide, there's 25 attempts. So 24 out of 25 suicide attempts do not result in death. God doesn't accept the death of most of them. But this priest told her he accepted your daughter. He accepted her. And when he read, she read the book, she realized there's hope for her salvation. As I was blown away by this, and I was going through the rest of my day, we asked her, and she actually spoke a few words for our EWTN show that we are going to be com doing coming up on suicide. We're 58 episodes in and I've not done a suicide episode yet. She'll be on that. So as I was finishing the day I came here to the shrine, 
and I'm getting in the car, I'm on the phone. As I'm on the phone, another call's coming in. I'm late for my meeting, and God bless, beautiful lady. Father, stop. And the husband with her, the brother-in-law with her said, that's the priest who wrote the suicide book. And I said, yes. And she said, Father, we lost our brother. Joe took his life. So there's the three sisters, the brother-in-law, and they're here with us today. They stayed. Thank you. We don't always know why God allows these things to happen. But God accepted Joe's death. God accepted my grandmother's death. We don't know why at a certain time, yes, or a certain time, no. But here was a family that was not abandoning their faith. Here was a family that was steadfast in their faith, even in the midst of a tragedy. The whole point of the book that we wrote called After Suicide is the subtitle. There's hope for them and for you. I'm offering this mass today for Olivia and for Joe, whose families cared enough about them to come here. I always go back. In fact, it so affected me, I put it in the book, and that's the four men and the paralytic. You always hear me bring up this passage. My, if not, I mean, outside the Eucharistic discourse of John 6 and the Passion, of course. It's my favorite passage in the Bible. Because these four men couldn't get their friend to Jesus. They climbed up onto a roof, cut a hole, lowered him down just to get him to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus didn't look at that man on the mat and say, it's your faith that heals you, that healed you. He pointed up to the four men and said, your faith has healed this man. Now, if we have a physical healing, praise be to God, we can say that, the power of intercessory prayer. But you know what? I think a bigger healing is the one we don't see. St. Faustina, in the diary of St. Faustina, says that Jesus comes to the soul three times at the moment of death. And he gives the soul the opportunity to say yes. At the same time, Jesus said over and over to St. Faustina, pray because your prayers help to save souls. God saves souls. Jesus is the one. His grace, not ours, but our prayers can help them to accept the grace that only comes from God. The passage that came to my mind is a passage that changed my life because this is the passage to me of the four men and the paralytic of the family of Joe or Maria who came here, although their daughter and their brother have passed. Well, gee, their prayers, Father, didn't work. They passed. You want to bet? 
Read what Jesus tells St. Faustina. 1698 of the diary. God's mercy sometimes touches the sinner at the last moment in a wondrous and mysterious way. Outwardly, it seems as if everything were lost, but it is not so. The soul, illuminated by a ray of God's powerful final grace, turns to God in the last moment. Well, wait a minute, Father, there's no time the person took their life. Are you kidding? There is no time for God. There's no time for God. In that one millisecond between the death of the soul, remember, death is not defined by the end of the bodily um, uh, live signals or whatever they call those, um, the vital signs. Death is defined when the soul leaves the body. And the church says that could be up to hours after. A person could be dead. The soul could still be there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We don't know. You don't think that God can't come to the soul at that time? It's not officially dead yet, even though the bodily signs say it is. Even though that person has taken their own life. God can come to that soul. God can come to the soul and offer them the opportunity. Catechism 2283, we should not despair of the eternal salvation of those who have taken their own life. By ways known to God alone, he can offer them the opportunity for repentance. That's the whole basis of our book. It blew me away. The, the, I couldn't even grasp my mind around this. And then we found this passage of St. Faustina, and it confirms it. God, the soul illuminated by a ray of God's powerful final grace, turns to God in the last moment with such a power of love that in an instant it receives from God forgiveness of sin and punishment, while outwardly it shows no sign either of repentance or of contrition because souls at that stage no longer react to external things. Yeah, to us they look past, but not to God. Oh, how beyond comprehension is God's mercy. Although a person is at the point of death, the merciful God gives the soul that interior vivid moment. This is what the catechism says. So that if the soul is willing, it has the possibility of returning to God. What do you say to that? We have a God so loving, so merciful. So I finish by the words of Maria yesterday as she was sitting in my office crying and she said, you know, Father, I had never heard that. That was a game changer. Reading the book, it's a game changer. She said, I know now that I, because God is outside of time, that I can be there with Olivia at her last moment. God can allow my prayers to be given to her at that last moment, even though I make them years later. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That we have a God that loving, that he will allow us to be able to help them, even ones who've taken their own life, like my grandma, Joe, or Olivia. That's hope. And St. Lawrence went to his death. To him, it wasn't the end. Death on this life was just a transition. Now that doesn't mean suicide's okay. We know it's not. It's never the answer. Never. 
But as the catechism says, don't despair. And praise God for Maria and the family of Joe who didn't despair. Instead, they came here looking for God's mercy. Praise be to God because if there's one place you're going to find it, it's right here. What a gift, what a grace. And we continue to pray for the mercy on those loved ones of ours who are sick, need a healing, or have passed. To the family of Joe, God bless you. And to Maria, <clears throat> to Maria <clears throat> as well, who lost Olivia, God bless her. And God bless all of you, because I know there's many of you who have faced this exact tragedy. Not just suicide, but any kind of death. Our prayers are with you. That's what being part of our Marian family is all about. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.